ever send money abroad? I know this is something that always seems to pop up in my life. If it's something that you deal with too, go ahead and check out TransferWise. TransferWise is the best way to send money overseas for several reasons, but the biggest is the exchange rate. When you send money with other and older methods, they usually don't give you the real exchange rate, like the one on Google. They mark up that rate and pocket the difference. At TransferWise, they say if your rates pretend, you must not send. TransferWise is different. It was started by two immigrants who were tired of getting ripped off when they were sending money back home, and they were determined to fix the system. They developed smart tech, they hired clever people, and seven years and four million customers later, their company TransferWise gives you the real exchange rate every time you send between over 70 currencies. You pay only a small upfront fee and in the end more of your money gets to the other side. TransferWise also has a free multi-currency account that lets you hold over 40 currencies at once and convert them whenever you like. And they have a referral program that rewards you for spreading the word. For someone like me who's from Sweden but living in Aruba, constantly traveling, this is a dream. It's the fairer, friendlier future of finance. Try saying that 10 times fast. Test them out for free at transferwise.com yoga or download the app. Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am currently in my guest room sitting here with a very, very special guest and maybe our most reluctant guest on the show ever. Welcome to the show, one of my best friends, Jessica Taylor. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) This is so out of my comfort zone. I hate you. (laughs) What's up? I just hope I don't say anything inappropriate or offensive. I am an expert at absolutely nothing. I love having experts on absolutely nothing on the show. I've I've been like kind of specific on not having you on the show over the years because I'm so scared we're going to say something super inappropriate or or politically incorrect or I don't know. Well, most of the time, you're always telling stories about me, so I don't know what you have to be worried about. <laughs> what? I don't have any stories. What stories are you talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we remember things differently, I think. <laughs> we, we remember many things differently. So for anyone, I mean, everybody knows who you are. You're, you're a staple mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you don't know, if you've been living under a rock and you don't know who Jessica Taylor is, she is Blue Water Love on Instagram. She's a super mega influencer. (laughs) Are you not an Instagram? She's giving me the finger. Are you not an Instagram influencer? (laughs) For everybody that's written me messages about promoting products and getting on your team. I'm sorry I ignored you. (laughs) You are, I think you're one of the first people who started kind of catching on to the, the messed up like scenario that is yoga and Instagram. Like before anyone was having these conversations out loud, you and I were having these conversations privately. You do have an Instagram following. You have more Instagram followers than a regular person. Yes, because of you. <laughs> but how do you feel about that? So Actually, you, for any, okay, let, let's, let's give a little, who are you? <laughs> Welcome to the show. It actually, I am surprised whenever I do meet people in random places, like whenever you taught the class in New York and I was with you, a lot of girls came up that were nurses and connected with me because I'm a nurse and I had no idea. So I thought that that was really cool, but 
yeah, I don't definitely don't consider myself as like having this big following or being an influencer at all. I'm going to start introducing you like that to new people now. Hello, this is my friend Jessica. She's from Georgia. She's an Instagram influencer. <laughs> you could teach classes on this stuff. But okay, you're, our, you're a yoga teacher. We got to know each other through the SUP yoga community way back in the day. Should we, should we tell the story of how we met? Yeah, is it? That's not a bad story. No. I have like is a mental any- checklist of all the bad stories I'm not allowed to tell <laughs> on the show. How we met. So I was at Surf Expo. It was our second time at Surf Expo, I think, with Dennis. I had just become an ambassador for Boga Yoga, this sub board, stand up paddle board company. And I desperately wanted to be an ambassador for Boga Yoga. <laughs> <laughs> and we met there at the Boga booth. Do you remember that? Yeah, I had just started following you, so I knew who you were, and I turned to Ryan, my husband, and I said, I think that that's Rachel Brath something, whatever, (laughs) however you say her name. (laughs) I think that's her. I think that's her. We were introduced, and you were totally normal, and like some felt like somebody I had known my whole life, and that's kind of how you've been throughout our relationship, like totally normal person that gets pissed off and angry and is ridiculous and I just think it's funny I don't know it's weird to me to see you on this huge platform with all these followers when to me you're just a normal person (laughs) yeah but I am a normal person (laughs) you're just people walk up to you crying that don't even know you like that doesn't happen to normal people But yeah, it was really fun. They had us demo in the pool together doing sup yoga. And that was when it was still pretty new. And for the surf expo, it kind of took all the attention away from everything. And uh, everybody was taking pictures and really into whatever we were doing. We were like doing headstands on the board. And now if you go, what is it like? I don't know how many years, eight, ten years, eight years maybe later. It is like all gimmicky sup yoga fitness boards just like mass chaos it's different now i feel like back then it was like stand up paddle boarding on its own was becoming this the fastest growing water sport in the world people were so into it you can stand up and exercise on the water and like go places and be in nature like it was this kind of cool thing now everybody's trying to capitalize on it and turning it into super gimmicky i look back at those days and it's like, has this rosy glow? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like when you and I met, everything was, I don't know. Easier. Yeah, especially like yeah. the online community and everything back then. And then I'm like, maybe it was just us. Like, maybe you look back at all times in your life. You're like, oh, everything was so like cute back then. <laughs> I feel like it's definitely spiraled out of control with just how much attention people get now through these online platforms. I mean, it has a lot of positives and a lot of benefits and being able to get out there and connect with people and start a business but then it also has like this really big dark side that it's like fake images and trying to promote something that you aren't it's just lost a lot of its authenticity I think it's kind of sad but we always used to talk about that like just not in public like <laughs> what a podcast like, with no, millions of people no, like a couple of years ago so, like you were here and then I can't remember exactly what like we were on the couch and we were like having our own private conversation about how we personally feel about like Instagram influencers overall 
And then considering the fact that I am sort of an Instagram influencer, reluctantly. It's all your fault. It's all my fault. <laughs> no, and like, the, like I'm trying to do something like a little different with it, but I'm still part of the, like, I'm still, you know, that's what I do for kind of a living is I'm par- a part of the problem. And then we were like, yeah, making a joke, like, shouldn't we put on our like leotards <laughs> and go do handstands? <laughs> With our boyfriends in with the our, background. With like our butts hanging out. And it was just a joke. Like and it was like a, you know, from a private conversation. And all these people got so upset with me. And like, I'm shaming people. And why are people not allowed to be themselves and because be women? It is and so empowering to <laughs> sit there and do crotch shots, expose yourself to tons of people on an app like it's just so ridiculous now so what's what's ridiculous about it like what do you think what do you think is the is the most negative part about the yoga community and what's it what it's become on instagram right now i think people have a tendency to kind of overshare just out for attention just for like a wow factor i overshare it's like part of my part of my thing we're oversharing right now Give me an example of a of a bad version of oversharing something. Okay, maybe we should put like a disclaimer that that we love almost everybody. It just I can't, I don't. It's not about being. It's not about calling some specific person out or saying that you know we're holier than thou and better than anybody. Like you and I, when we hang out, we're kind of drunk most of the time, <laughs> talking shit, doing our best, trying to be moms. People, yeah, we're very flawed, imperfect people you and I so it's more about the phenomena that it's become and I think how it affects really young people right now like we talk about I would like I would prefer to talk about it in that sense yeah 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 I always think about like I mean I even get nervous saying shit or I rarely even say the f word whenever I'm you can say fuck on this this podcast (laughs) the f word I have a child now you can tell but then I have like my little cousins that follow me that got like super offended and they like made a comment one time and so it made me think like it's not just women my age that are following and like you know being influenced by whatever you post it's also like young kids that are on there so you kind of have to think about things and Think about people who are becoming themselves, who don't know who they are, who are really young and very easily influenced. And so to put it all out there, like it's like a super empowering thing to put on like, I feel kind of (laughs) like to put on a bikini, like spread eagle or whatever it is. I mean, it's just... I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say that because I have plenty of bikini photos. <laughs> so what's the difference then? I try to you go know? further away. <laughs> but can you? <laughs> you're like I'm trying not to be hypocritical now in my bikini. It I'm going to back up here. It's just I don't know. No, but I mean, there's a definite. I you can sense the definite difference between someone who is just you know casually wearing a bathing suit because you're on the beach, feeling empowered and proud of their body, and just happy to share something in the moment, versus putting on really revealing clothing or taking photos with crotch shots or whatever because it gets you more likes and engagement and comments. And it could be like a similar photo showing similar things. I think it's more about the energy behind it. I'm also really sad for the girls that are doing it because they have so much pressure on themselves. And I just think, God, are they even happy? Like, is this even what they wanted to be doing? Like, is this bringing them joy to wake up and put on their perfectly assembled outfits and makeup to do this practice and make sure that they turn in the right angles? And then like they're writing in a diary, sharing everything. Like, I don't know. I mean, it just is all too much. Like everybody, 
I don't know. It just it's like just spiral down in control. I like, think it's mostly the <laughs> get a real job. <laughs> Are you talking to me right now? <laughs> I've been trying to get a real job for years. <laughs> I just can't find uh, one. <laughs> no, but what about like the thing that bothers me the most? Like I've never been I don't really get triggered with crotch shots and, and, and any of those things. I get triggered by the perfect poses and the really advanced versions of things that are really inaccessible to people, the really dangerous things yeah. that are shown, the super skinny bodies all the time. Like I get triggered by that, the non-truth, I guess, because even someone who, you know, happens to have a super advanced practice and super skinny and looks perfect all the time, it just puts this totally unreasonable pressure on the really young people that are listening and watching. Especially yeah. if you don't share, you know, the fact that, hey, to take this really great photo, there is probably 175 photos I didn't share, like that I didn't like so much. It's not a casual snapshot in the perfect lighting with the perfect clothes, perfect, you know, it's a pain in the ass to stand here and take these photos. And at least for me, with a camera on my face, like that's not my practice. Yeah. It's never. And I will think about how much we have changed over the years. I mean, now I just turned 33 and having a baby. So going through pregnancy and then postpartum and how much that has changed my practice recently had like a really bad disc herniation and experiencing pain in my body. And that has totally shifted how I practice. So it's not about, you know, going and doing these like extreme ridiculous poses. It's really about taking care of your body and doing what's like good for you, what feels good for you. And most of the time, it, and none of what feels good is getting into like some ridiculous back bend that looks like you're but about to snap you used half. to show that though. You're super back bending. I don't even do it anymore. No, but I mean, you used to. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the shift then? I mean, I used to also, okay, like, if I'm I... so I, wise I and mature it. now. So, so weird. I feel like I'm sitting in front of, well, like... old lady. A guru right now. Oh, like, yeah. bow, bowing down to you. I'm serious, though. Like, like, I can look back at, like, 2012, 2013. Like, when I met you, that's what I was sharing. I was like, okay, obviously, like, the most advanced poses, the more intense inversions, the deeper I am in a shape, the more engagement I would get on a post. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my goal. Like, oh, of course, the more people that look at this and follow, the funner it is, the more I grow it. I didn't know what I was doing, why I was growing it. What was the point? Like, I had no goal in sight. Just like, the more engagement, the better, right? So I would put myself in these poses that, you know, were super inaccessible for most people, but that looked the prettiest. And I wouldn't share like the path to get there, you know, like, hey, I had to practice this every day for three years to even remotely be close to this pose and to nail this final photo kind of hurt a little bit mm -hmm. like never shared that and you're younger like your body is more resilient and then it all catches up with you nobody can tell you that as you're you know when you're younger to, to sit upright and take care of yourself because you're gonna have a disc herniation not be able to move your neck and like fo just function in daily life uh, it just takes like being hardheaded and making that mistake and kind of injuring yourself in order for you to step back and, and learn and look at it in a different perspective. So I guess it's a matter of time that people will come around. It just, I have so many friends that barely do yoga and then they show me pictures of stuff. There's like ridiculous poses and like, can you teach me how to do this? I'm like, hell no. <laughs> I would never try to do that. I'm definitely not going to teach you how. So it's just, I don't know. But then I think that there is also a big shift towards, you know, moving in a better direction with everything. So I think that, you know, I don't know, people will be more mindful and hopefully we'll get there. I don't um, know if that's true. Though. I feel like maybe we are surrounding ourselves with people who think similarly to how we think now. 
Like you look at the twenty two, twenty three year old influencers now. Like they don't care. No, I think <laughs> people it's are funny. making There's careers so out of like... this. You know, it's I don't know. And we for for us, like we have such huge conversations about this in our yoga teacher training. Like, what's the benefit of this pose and of this pushing yourself into this stage or this level of this pose? What are you compromising? Like, what do you lose on the way to get into that shape? And what's the point? Like, why? And we have had to have, have the, we have these discussions also at the studio with all the teachers and we discuss poses, you know, this doesn't feel good anymore. So how can I, we had a conversation yesterday about um, Anahatasana, about puppy pose. Uh, and for us, like it kind of counters everything we're doing for, for core strength and to kind of get away from the hyperextension of the ribs. And then we drop into this pose and it does everything the opposite of everything else we're working toward. So we're like discussing that. And does it make sense to teach this pose anymore if it counters everything else that we're doing? No, then we drop it. But I feel like maybe when you're that young, like you don't have maybe proper teachers to talk to. Perhaps you're not teaching regular classes in a regular studio, but you're just traveling the world, posting photos of yourself in a yoga pose, doing a workshop here and there. Like it's really hard to gain knowledge that way. I feel like there is a need to be humble and to be like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing in all of these areas. I don't know if I should be teaching complete beginners these poses. There's areas where I could improve or do a little better or do this more responsibly. That's what I feel. I least. know. I think that's what's so hard that these like Instagram yogis get catapulted into like this level of thinking that they're, you know, have all this experience when a lot of times they really don't. They might not even teach regular classes. And I mean, that's something that we focus on too in like the sub training, how important it is to teach a but like practice on your own, teach a bunch of free classes, like go in the community and teach free yoga classes, like get the experience teaching. Cause it's just like anything in life. Like the more you do it, the better you get at it, the more comfortable you are, the more experience and knowledge you have. Like you can't just do a 200 hour and think that you, you know, know everything. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a long time in between. You're never going to know everything, but it's important to practice teaching. I actually was talking about this, the the commodification of yoga and, you know, like, should we be doing all these sorts of variations of yoga, like sup yoga, or now there's like, you know, hip hop yoga or yoga and wine and all sorts of variations of things. I think that there's a definite balance there. I mean, there's people now who literally, you know, gain a little following on Instagram from posting photos of yourself in poses. And from there, you know, do a 200 hour training because they got seen online, but maybe they don't really have a genuine interest or longing or calling or skills to teach at all. But it becomes this, I don't know, like I feel like, yeah, or (laughs) yeah. And I think it's the hardest. There's so many people to, you know, we don't have to like shit on people. Everybody's doing their best, but especially within yoga and the online world, it's this super sensitive place. And I don't know, we get people in retreats all the time who found yoga through social media and never took a class, like just practiced with people online or on YouTube. So no one ever touched them. No one ever saw them face to face, which essentially means, you know, there's, there's a big gap there that I feel like need to be filled. What do you think is going to happen in like, what's five years from now? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I was thinking while you're talking, I'm like half listening to you. <laughs> Fuck you. Sharing very thinking. valuable information. <laughs> I can tell you because your eyes like wander a little bit and then you look at me like, what? 
sorry. Five years. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Like, I don't know about five years. Oh, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, even though I'm in grad school. But okay. what you were thinking, what? So I'm thinking about the teacher training thing. And we talked about it a little earlier about how people get so excited about doing a teacher training that they want to quit everything and just like throw themselves completely into being a yoga teacher and well, they you just decide I'm going to be a yoga teacher. How about you share a little of your own story? Well, I tried to do that. <laughs> Let's start from the beginning. So I worked as a nurse in ICU for like five years um, in the neuro ICU, which is pretty intense. And I was working extra, trying to make extra money. And I just got, I had a couple experiences that just really caused a lot of stress emotionally. And there's not in nursing, you know, you have to be thick skinned. Like if you cry, they make fun of you. I had a 26 year old patient that died and I, um, she was like one of my first patients that died. She had an aneurysm rupture in her brain and just boom, was gone. And I was 26 at the time. It was the hardest thing. I was in there crying with my, with her mom, hugging her mom, like sobbing in the room. And all the nurses were like, get your shit together. You have other patient. Like you need, you need to stop. But I could cry just from you telling that story. It, so sad. it makes me cry thinking about it. But I mean, that's like the reality of the job that is like, you know, being in healthcare, but it also caused me to like completely burn out and like have massive anxiety about going to work. So I got into yoga at the time and yoga was like a lifesaver. I mean, it's what I helped combat with anxiety and stress and more than just the physical practice emotionally it's what I needed as a release and I just got super like into it and super passionate about it and so I did my 200 hour teacher training that was like spread out because I had to work at the same time and was just really miserable in nursing and so I tried I went like part-time and my husband and I were Scott really into sup yoga and he was into paddleboarding. So we started the sup yoga business together. We moved to Jacksonville. We ended up opening a paddleboard shop and then wanted to expand the retail because I was just so hell bent on like getting out of nursing. Um, and it was really, really fucking hard, like really hard. Being your own business owner, everybody thinks that's what they want to do. Like my dream was to have a yoga studio and like, you know, make that my lifestyle. I wanted to, I remember I was a Lululemon ambassador and you had to do that little five-year plan and, or, and then a 10-year plan. And it was, I want to ride my bike to my yoga studio and teach yoga. You know, like that's, that's so like everybody's <laughs> dream, right? Everybody's dream. But yeah. it, in reality, it's really hard. It's such a huge sacrifice and it's not that easy to do. And it People brings don't talk about that so much stress. Like financially, I mean, I remember I was pregnant with Drexel, which was an accident, but because <laughs> I definitely wasn't ready. Um, a perfect accident, I guess. But I remember just being up all night, like with my little spreadsheet, trying to like crunch numbers and figure out like how I was going to bring these pennies together to pay rent and get by. And how were we ever going to get ahead? I didn't want to go to the bank and take out some big loan. I was terrified to do that. And we worked our butts off. We were both working, you know, seven days a week. It's like you never stop. And Ryan got burned out because he was teaching paddleboarding day in and day out, which is what he thought he wanted to do. It just it shifted my perspective. And having Drexel and then having this tiny 
human that was like completely dependent on us is. And (laughs) it made me reevaluate everything. Like, shit, my nursing job really wasn't that bad. I don't have to worry about the hospital paying rent or not. Like, I can go and work and then go home and be off and be with my family and have that time. And it was actually like kind of, damn, I say like a lot. Can we edit that out? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It was actually sucking the passion out of something that we both really loved. But I think when you become financially dependent on it, it just brings so much more stress that it kind of takes away from all the good, you know, the good reasons why you're doing it. So... And how do you think that, because I I feel like a lot of, I mean, that is the dream. Yeah. Like riding your bike to your yoga studio every day and paying the bills with what you love, like what your passion is, like that's, that's everybody's dream. Do you feel like it's a little bit romanticized? Absolutely. And where does that come from, you think? Because so (laughs) many people. I think it comes from uh, studio owners who they get by, um, they make their money from their teacher trainings. And that's what, at the end of the day, they need to sell their teacher trainings in order for their studio to survive. Because really, I don't know anybody that has a yoga studio that doesn't have a a teacher training program because that's usually the bread and butter of it. So I think that they really push people some, some, stu- you know, some no, but uh, I think yoga I think places all, more than all others. Places do, and it's, I don't think it's because, you know, there's any bad intent or anything like that, but because they have to, they have no other choice. And we, just, we, we've spoken about this on the podcast and other episodes, but the yoga studio model, it's a totally broken model. Like you have this huge space that's usually, it's really expensive, especially if you're in a city, you have to pay rent or a mortgage and, you know, you have employees, you have to keep it maintained and all of that. And then you have these super limited hours where you can actually use the space. It's not like a restaurant where you can be open all day and have people come and go. It's like you have a morning slot for one or two classes. People show up, maybe a lunch slot you if you're in this like busy space. Yoga studio. No, but I mean, <laughs> we talk about all the time, like how can we use all, the, like we have 9.30 classes, sometimes 8 a.m. classes and then 6 and 7 p.m. classes. The whole mm-hmm. day in between our entire studio just sits there empty so it's it's a really uh, it, it, it doesn't really work so I think yeah. it's a dream for so many people but I, I don't think enough people talk about the struggle it takes to get there we have all the privileges in the world and we struggle with island yoga oh my god like really and this dream that oh I'm gonna quit my job and quit school and quit everything and just go be a yoga teacher it doesn't really work for everyone you are listening to from the heart conversations with yoga girl If there's one thing I've learned from hosting large yoga groups and being part of a large community, or even since having the baby, it's that listening makes you a better leader, a better parent, and a better person. And there has never been a better time to start listening than with Audible. Audible is a leading provider of premium audio information and entertainment on the internet. With its unmatched selection of audiobooks and other products that can be accessed everywhere, on your iPhone, Android, Fire tablet, iPod, or MP3 player, the world is at your fingertips. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, on your commute, or just on the go. Just sign up as an Audible listener and you will have access to all of this and more for a low monthly fee. Now with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made especially for you. On top of that, Audible gives you book credits to choose three titles each month, one audiobook and two Audible Originals for free along with exclusive sales and 30% off of all regularly priced audiobooks. You'll also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges. If you didn't like it, swap it and roll over credits so you don't miss any free content. 
and an audiobook library you keep forever. It's just so much better than streaming or rental services. With Audible, you own your books even if you cancel. My favorite feature, though, is the speed control. You can listen faster or slower depending on the speed that suits you. With a fast-paced life, this is the best way for me to get in all the books that I love. My mom got me completely hooked on the Medical Medium book by Anthony William. I totally suggest you check out those with your new membership, too. Audible, the most inspiring minds, the most compelling stories. It's the best place to listen. Get started with a 30-day trial when you go to audible.com slash yoga girl or text yoga girl to 500-500 and listen for a change. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash yoga girl or text yoga girl to 500-500, audible.com slash yoga girl. I think that the most important, I, I, and Ryan, my husband's called me a dream crusher before, which is <laughs> like really sad. I think that it's important to follow your passion. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do a 200 hour. I mean, a 200 hour is so beneficial or any training, any, any, uh, you know, like program that you want to do, not just yoga, but it, the continuing education, it's good for personal growth it's good for developing your own home practice and and it's great it's so much fun to teach I mean even when I'm in a terrible mood and like super stressed out going in to teach a class I walk away at the end feeling so much better it's like a release for me even to teach even though it's stressful sometimes to get there to do it so I'm not saying that it's bad to be a yoga teacher But I do think that it's really important for people to try to find like a happy balance with life, like do a job or do a job, do a job, (laughs) have a job, have something that is stable and then have your passion on the side and let it grow organically. So if you want to start a succulent company, which is going to be my next move, by the way, so follow me and buy my succulents in the future. It's no, illegal but- <laughs> to take to take succulents out of a room but you can't home. fly with I'm cacti in your suitcase. <laughs> but like, do something that is work. I mean, they call it work for a reason. And every, you know, it, it's hard. Nobody, I don't know anybody that jumps up out of bed and is like excited to go to work. Like me. <laughs> All the time, Stop every day. Just giving me the finger. You're such a liar. <laughs> the last six episodes of this podcast has been about me being burnt out, <laughs> hating my life. So I think people know I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. But it's important to have, you know, your job and then balance that with something that you love. And 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 then then it continues to be your passion. And you can, you know, you can put energy into that. <clears throat> as a balance to whatever stress you're yeah, but, at. And then you at might work. get to a place, and this is also what we tell our teacher trainees. First of all, we do really serious, like you have to apply for our teacher training. We don't just take anybody for any reason. And we have really serious criteria. A lot of people don't get accepted, mostly because, oh, I just found yoga, would love to like teach, and they don't really have an anchor in the why, or you know, why do I want to be of service in this way? Or if they're not emotionally mature enough, like we don't accept them to the, to the program. But also it's not a terrible idea like keep your day job, do what you love on the side, start teaching, see if that grows. And then you might get to a point where like, hey, this is kind of working. Like there's that tipping point where oh, if I didn't have this job, I could teach more. And so far teaching is going really well. Like my classes are popular in the studio. I have all these things going for me where you can make that transition kind of smooth. You're always going to have this moment where you have to like 
take a take a leap and like try and take a risk. But quitting everything, like actually, I once had a we had a girl. This was like years and years ago, and we had a girl who was like seventeen or eighteen who came to a retreat. And one of the nights at dinner, she was asking me all these questions about how I left Sweden and why didn't I go to college? And and I'm just like telling my story. And I live in Costa Rica. And, uh, uh, and, you know, like not everyone can start an Instagram account right at the inception of Instagram and then have it work and then like build a business off of that. Like it's not not super common that that happens. But I was just telling her a little bit about my story. And then after the retreat, she emails me a month later. She was like, great news. I dropped out of college and <laughs> moved to Greece. <laughs> Way to go, younger girl. <laughs> and I was like sitting on the couch, like uh, almost crying. Like, what have I, have I done? I have to find this girl. <laughs> I'm going to fly to Greece and like, find her. I'm like, I have to call this poor girl's mom and be like, no, I'm so sorry. You know, and that's like, I wouldn't recommend anybody to do that. She's still in Greece, like living a really good life. So, I mean, everybody has their path and their journey and we have to follow our, our intuition and all of that. But I feel like we spoke about this earlier today, this millennial like work ethic. Everybody wants to live on a beach and work remotely and make a gazillion millions of yeah. dollars doing that. It doesn't, doesn't really work all yeah. the time. Some people can do it. I don't know. Do you know do you know people who successfully have that life like sustainably? You can do it for a year or two, I think. I I mean other than you, <laughs> Kelly does it. I mean, we have some friends who do it. If if you have a, but they all have really serious education and they work in a really strong field where they have a good name and they're able to kind of pick up projects in different places and then work remote. But uh, at least in my circles, it's very, very few people who... who Kelly, your doula and the interior design, mm -hmm, Kelly? Mm -hmm. But she's kind of the only person I know who really does that and does that well. I mean, I think that you can definitely use social media to your advantage and, it's, and to and to grow your your business. But I don't think that, you know, sitting around and promoting other people's products is a very good... Idea what does that a... do to like a whole generation <laughs> in terms of work ethics? It's so crazy. I mean, <laughs> I hope that Instagram is gone by the time Drexel's older. Oh my <laughs> God, trust me, it's going to be gone. No, but uh, I was telling you earlier, like, I mean, what we do on our team and we get so many people who want to come and they want to move to Aruba and work on the yoga girl team. And, but we actually get a lot of people that way. Like we find good people through our teacher trainings or just connections that we make. And then they come on and sometimes they stay a year and they live on the island or they, we have a headquarter in Stockholm. Uh, we just had some people move there to work there full time. Like it, it works, but, um, we also have, you know, anyone working programs with us, like for anyone who goes through the teacher training or comes to a retreat, they always ask all the staff, the whole team, like, how did you end up here? Like, how, how did you get this job? What did you do? Like, I think how? it's important to go and try and to do those yeah, experiences. Then, you know, I'm like, you guys, like, they're here till two in the morning doing dishes yeah. some nights, like it's sweeping the floors, <laughs> like it's really, really, really heavy work. And we wouldn't let anyone be on our core team if they thought that they could just sit in the jungle and send an email here and there and like that that's working, you know, not pick up a broom and help even right. though it's I not mean, like, in your job title. And that's why I get so wary about, you know, like making a living off of promoting other people's products online. Like, what are you going to do after that? You know? Yeah. 
What are you? I mean, the grass is not always greener. Every It's so easy to look at this app and think that everything is so perfect and they're so happy and everything's wonderful. People choose what they want to share. I mean, I certainly don't sit around and post photos when I'm like pissed off and ready to like <laughs> leave everybody. I don't know. <laughs> like you're not going to sit there whenever you're in a really bad space and and talk about that. Of course, Some you're going to choose like the good thing. Well, you yeah. make it a point to because you were trying to be different than other people. But like, you know, it, for the most part, it, it, comparing yourself to this image that you have in your mind about what somebody is, is not reality. Like you have to think like this other person has the same kind of struggles and challenges and is dealing with the same type of things that you are. We all are. We're all human. Uh, don't elevate them and put them on a pedestal thinking that everything's so easy and, and wonderful. Like it, there's two sides to everything. The grass is not always greener, but sometimes you have to jump all the way into those experiences and figure it out for yourself uh, to learn that. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. As someone who has experienced a lot of back and neck pain in my life, I am a firm believer of the healing powers of movement. My yoga practice has done wonders for my pain over the years, but if I'm working a solid eight hours a day behind my computer and carrying around a toddler for the rest of it, I need more than yoga. The problem is most desk chairs we're familiar with try to lock the human body into 90 degree angles. When it comes to healthy posture, however, there's no such thing as the perfect position. We weren't meant to stand all day long or to sit all day long, and we definitely were not meant to sit at 90 degree angles on a stiff chair behind a desk. Our bodies were designed to move. Bringing more movement into my life during those busy working hours is a win-win. And that's why I recommend Foley's Jarvis Standing Desk. It's the best reviewed desk in the world and a foundation to a healthier way to work. Foley's Standing Desks and collection of active chairs give you the freedom to move, stretch, and be in healthier, more comfortable positions that work for your body's unique and changing needs as they change throughout the day. Fully carefully selects active sitting chairs and their super cool designs give you the perfect mix of modern arrangement and movement capability. Their pieces support healthier postures that align your spine, opens up your hips, engage your core, and improve circulation. That's everything a great yoga class does for you too. You'll feel the relief immediately and your body and your back will thank you. From design to shipping to service after your purchase, Fully is there for you every step of the way. It's just a smarter, healthier way to work. A more balanced, human way to work. To get your body moving in your workspace, go to fully.com slash yoga girl. That's F-U-L-L-Y dot com slash yoga girl. Fully. Desks, chairs, and things that keep you moving. I feel kind of really happy that I was teaching for so long before Instagram came along. Because if I didn't have to go down the road of like making, making my own <laughs> flyers and hassling people in the street to come to my <clears throat> classes and then have class after class where no one showed up or one person came and like cry myself to sleep because we couldn't like get food for the dogs. Like, I mean, we had so many of those moments where like, this is just insane. I should just be a waitress or something and get tips and like would make more money that way and we wouldn't struggle. If you start from this kind of influencer angle, I think it's really hard to make something tangible out of that if you don't know what it's like to to kill yourself to get people to come to your class. Mm -hmm. I know that, it, that makes you appreciate it so much more. I did the same thing. When I finished my teacher training, I was so nervous to even try to teach in a studio uh, that I found this little community center 
down the street from my house that nobody used. It was so neglected. <laughs> it looked so bad on the inside. I went around and handed out flyers to like, ended up the president of this community center and like painted it and everything and taught classes to like my mom and her friends. <laughs> <laughs> I taught, and then I taught chair yoga classes oh, yeah. so I could get my mother-in-law to come. Like, and I would make everybody that would come and it slowly like caught on. And I had a lot of people that came and, and it was, I think back and like, I'm really proud that I started something from nothing, even though it never became anything big. It was like a big success for me at the time and a great way to get experience. But I would start everybody in child's pose because I was so nervous. I would write down everything I wanted to teach, had my little list next to my mat. And then I made them all start in child's pose so that nobody was looking at me. Because I was so nervous. Oh, it was ridiculous. But how much did you learn? I mean, come and, on. And, and it took that. I mean, it takes that in order to get comfortable in teaching. It's just like anything you try for the first time. Like, nobody is good at it when they start out. It takes failing and then picking yourself back up and trying again and again to really grow as a teacher. But I still get nervous to teach. I'm nervous tonight. Oh, nobody's going to hear this before tonight. That's good. <laughs> I'm doing my sup yoga teacher training tonight. How many? This is like seven, I think, the seventh one that we've done. Seventh training, yeah. But even now, I look fun. at all the students that are in it, and I'm like, these people look so badass. I but hope I so don't disappoint good. them. And I mean, like, I haven't taught yoga on the water in so long, but it's still, the classes are so popular at the studio. And I mean, we live in a place where we can teach all year round. But it's like the consistent feedback we get. Best shavasana of my life I had, like, floating on the ocean. Like, people cry so easily because just to be outside, it's just such a beautiful space. I'm just I'm just excited that people there are There are a lot of haters of sub yoga. Yeah, and I mean, I've we've definitely had... gotten some weird messages from people and I'm like relax it's fun (laughs) but we had to have these we had this conversation when we had did you listen into the cultural appropriation uh discussion that we had I know you're not (laughs) you're nodding and shaking your head at the same time that was one of the things no but that was you're like yes have you ever listened to this podcast by the way I've heard a couple of them (laughs) (laughs) which one tell me one you heard I listened to the first one you did And the birth story? I listened to half of the one with Olivia because I had to go to work. And I listened to the one with you and Dennis. But then I've heard like yeah, a lot we, of we, your we, stories. We talk, yeah, no, no, you don't have to listen to this show. I'm like, I already heard but this story. We had a very forward. important conversation on yoga and cultural appropriation that kind of forced us to evaluate the different ways and the different branches of yoga that we are elevating at the studio, for instance, what we're offering. And sup yoga was one of the things that we had to really sit with. And we had a few teachers actually that were at the studio who were like, honestly, I don't feel like I'm teaching as sacred a practice when I'm out there. Okay, then you shouldn't teach that. You know, if you're not, if you're not able to tap into that really deep place and feel like this is a beautiful thing and you're offering the best version of, of a class, then it's not for you. And then we have teachers who just prefer to only teach on the water because it's such a wow experience for so many. And we get so many people that never did yoga in their lives, but they come there and then they come to the studio, you know, so it's. It's a beautiful thing. But then we had we had a couple of like glow in the dark yoga classes. Like we had to scratch we scratched a bunch of stuff off the schedule just because it didn't feel sacred. But sup yoga for me, some people I think mostly people who haven't tried it will knock it. Like you're doing yoga on a surfboard, it's so gimmicky and like, you know. For me it's like it's it's I've had some of my most meditative moments in practice out on the ocean. But to each their own. That's usually what people say. They it's easier for them to 
quiet their mind if they're especially like new to yoga and have never really meditated then they you know it's a struggle but it, i think it's way more of a struggle when you're in a four-cornered room than when you're floating in nature and the sunshine it's so much easier but it's, yeah, it's, it's more it's about playful you know i notice else, like yeah. in teaching in a studio like it's hilarious to me how serious people get in their faces yeah. And like, so like in their breath and it's so intense and serious. And I guess there's a place for that. But I also think it's very important to like relax and remember that it's just a practice. Like it's a playful, fun experience. It doesn't have to be like, <laughs> it's funny. It's easy. So up. yoga reminds you of that. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. I have a new routine that I've been into for the past couple of weeks. Every morning when I wake up, I drink 16 ounces of celery juice. It's the best way to hydrate in the morning. But sometimes throughout the day, my taste buds need something extra. When I'm in the mood for flavor, I enjoy La Croix sparkling water. The healthy for you and naturally delicious fizzy beverage. La Croix is delicious sparkling water drink that is calorie, sweetener, and sodium free. All natural and environmentally friendly, you'll find nothing in it that's artificial. Only delicious flavors derived from the natural essence of oils of each fruit. Of course, this sparkling beverage is also gluten-free, vegan, and non-GMO. Such an amazing and healthy alternative for you and your lifestyle. And they have 14 of the best flavors ever, like key lime, tangerine, mango, passion fruit, raspberry, and more. The coconut and lemon flavors always make me feel refreshed after a sweaty yoga class. And on top of that, the LaCroix family also includes six curate flavors with delicious mixes of fruits like pineapple, strawberry, apple, berry, and cherry lime. For my listeners in the U.S., LaCroix is available nationwide. For more information, join the LaCroix community on their social channels at LaCroix Water or check them out at LaCroixWater.com. That's spelled L-A-C-R-O-I-X Water.com for all their information and for a full list of retailers. Quench your thirst today with delicious, healthy, sparkling water from LaCroix. We've gotten some questions on social media and I was like, okay, wait, I'm just going to read it. Jessica! <laughs> What are three things that make you happy? Oh, I love this question. Oh, God. Uh, tequila. <laughs> <laughs> my child. My child before tequila. <laughs> no, you said tequila first. <laughs> um, you said tequila first. <laughs> yes, what's number three? Uh, and just family. I mean, my husband and my child and my family, but also my friends are like my family. So I feel like I can bunch that together. That's a lot more than three. Oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number one. Yoga so girl. Je Jessica went in front, calls me yoga girl as, as a huge inside sarcastic joke. And now her son calls me auntie yoga girl. And every time he says it, she, she lies on the floor dying laughing. Someone is asking, what is your favorite and least favorite thing about Rachel? What's it like to be friends with her? <laughs> Please don't answer that. <laughs> I love to make fun of her. She makes fun of me even more probably though, especially in public. But I feel like it's important to have people around you that are that that remind you to be humble and grounded and also uplift you and motivate you. So Rachel has always made me step out of my comfort zone. She's always made me realize my I don't know, what's the word? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. 
when I get really insecure about things, like especially with teaching, she always reminds me that I like am valued as a teacher and that I'm good at it and, and to just go for it. What's the word for that? Like motivation? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know. I feel like sometimes you're really hard on yourself for no reason. Absolutely. Yeah. All the time. But you need, second guess myself a lot. Yeah, you need Auntie Yoga Girl to set you straight. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is asking, can you tell us about your crazy travels? Oh God. We've been to so many trip. places. Our random girl trip. Which one of well, them? Well, whenever, so when we both, we, we both were BOGA, God, I can't talk. Boga Ambassadors, and that was the first time that they were working with Wanderlust, and they had just started doing SUP Yoga as part of the Wanderlust Festival. I barely remember this. You remember? My memory And they were going to Colorado, and we were so excited because they were flying us out there. Oh, yeah. Had somewhere for us (laughs) to stay, so we decided that we were going to plan like a whole trip out of it, like a girls' road trip, and we were going to book all... (laughs) We're going to book yoga classes along the way and take a couple of days. And so I decided that I was going to be Rachel's assistant and try to find these venues. And so she, I was going to help her find these venues and get it all set up. I was the worst. The worst assistant assistant I've ever had. I've had maybe like 15 assistants in my life. You're definitely at the bottom. I'm so glad we became friends. We would kill each other if we worked together, though. (laughs) I don't know if we could last together a week. (laughs) That was the whole point. I'm so glad we could be friends again instead of, yeah, that. So we started in Colorado. I I didn't even go. Ringo was a baby. Yeah. Ringo was newborn. He was like three months or something crazy. I cannot even remember that that's how that started was because of of, the, of Wanderlust. I have no recollection that, of that. That's where we started. Y'all were in California, you and Dennis, because that's where you got Ringo. And then Dennis went home and you brought oh, Ringo. Oh, and we just got engaged. Yeah, this was 2013. You just got engaged? We're so old. <laughs> yes, this is like six years ago. How are we so old? You're almost in your mid-30s. You have a husband who's almost 40. <laughs> Ryan is so old. He's so old. No, that was the best. I mean, to date, one of the best trips of my life. I that was say. so fun. It was so fun, and we were in all these super weird studios, and like we met really a lot small. of really so back weird then, people. Rachel like would teach at places, and we it would sell out, and it was like seventy people. It was huge. We were it was freaking massive. out. <laughs> And I was her assistant. I went around to adjustments. <laughs> I was so proud. And I mean, it was like amazing that we had this many people show up. And now it's like, what, like 700? You have to like I remember shut you were like off. in class and someone was like, how do you know Yoga Girl? And you were like, her name is Rachel. <laughs> You're all remember upset. we were in Whole Foods and some girl came up to you like hyperventilating, crying. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find some candy. <laughs> I'll be waiting in the car whenever you're done. Wrap it up. <laughs> oh my god! No, but we had we've somebody had a lot gave of you really... the turmeric. Remember that they wanted you to try oh, yeah. the turmeric cleansing that was at, juice at Wanderlust Festival. So this brand, oh I can't god. for the life of me remember them. They were like, "Hey, we would love for you to promote our product," and I was like, "I don't do promotions." They're like, "But try it anyway. You might love it." A whole and they cooler. gave us a huge cooler. <laughs> 
of turmeric juice. Turmeric does not. We were like taste. living off turmeric, turmeric juice. <laughs> we were like three weeks driving around this dodgy little car with turmeric juice leaking out of the back. And Ringo, poor Ringo. <laughs> and poor Ringo. No, but that was super, super. I super turned in fun. our rental car in Vegas uh, with a whole after cooler. You missed, after you missed your flight. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> not my brightest moment. So let's talk about like right now because you were a nurse. Burnt out, started a business, decided to teach full-time, did the whole yoga thing, and then decided to go back to nursing. Yeah, I mean, I having a baby just like kind of shifted everything and realizing how hard it is to be a business owner um, and to do it all yourself. And um, it was hard on Ryan. He was he was sacrificing a lot as well. So made the decision to go back to nursing, had a whole new respect for it. And I also just moving to a different area of nursing made a huge difference. But then realizing like, okay, it's kind of now or never for going back to school. So I actually just went to go find out like how much it cost and what the requirements were. And by the time I left, the guy's like, so he, you filled out the application. It starts in two weeks. And I was like, oh, <laughs> So I guess I'm not thinking about this anymore. I guess I'm doing it, but I'm glad I'll be done in June. It's kind of killing me um, and consuming my life right now, trying to study and learn and. <sighs> but now you're going to be a nurse practitioner, a nurse practitioner, which is a whole other thing than being a nurse. I've learned. Yes, yes. it is. It is. It's a lot more responsibility, also a lot more autonomy as far as when you're practicing, but. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I work for a pediatric neurosurgeon right now, hoping to stay there when I'm done. I'm also kind of interested in mental health and trying to learn more because uh, there's just not enough options for people and there's a huge need, especially with all the social media craziness. I think someone, that impacts of his mental health a lot these a lot. days. Someone, someone asks or says, I love how real you keep it on social media. Can you give us some tips for Who? how to... A person in my... No, oh. how real I keep it? How real you keep it <laughs> on social media. Can you give us some tips for I how to... lose followers by the day. <laughs> so don't get anybody any advice. <laughs> I'm not doing... Yeah, but I don't really... Ca- I really wish that that number would like disappear because it, it... As much as you want to not be affected by it psychologically, you are. Like, And, and I really try to distance myself from it but it still like impacts you. And I find myself sometimes like scroll. I mean, it, it messes with the dopamine receptors in your brain, right? So scrolling messes with the dopamine receptors no, the, in your the brain. The technology, like the actual like like Instagram, like the the likes and the the Oh, the engaged like getting yeah, gratification like from the other whole, people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The app itself. And it really messes with your psyche, like more than you realize, even if you don't think that you care about it, it does actually affect you more than you think, which is kind of a scary thing. I'm smiling right now because I just decided the title for this episode is going to be the world's worst influencer (laughs) so I was like give us three tips for how to keep it real and you're like I lose followers every day I mean keep it real I just don't care like it's I don't post things because I want likes on it I post things because I post things about my child because I love it and I want to remember it it's kind of turned into more of like a timeline of my life somebody asked me a question about when something happened I'm like hang on a second like I scroll back and I can't remember shit so I have to like figure it out um and then I like to post 
just about my practice because a lot of times I want to remember like a certain sequence or a certain flow because I'll use that to teach later on um, or something that just felt really good to me. You know, I get, I do, and I shouldn't be so negative about it. I do find a lot of people on there that I like and that I feel really who inspired do you lo- by. Who do you feel really inspired by? I love a, a lot of, most of the people have like no followers. <laughs> like they're like really small accounts. Um, I love Stephanie, Steffi, Steffi now. now. She's not posted as much yoga either anymore, which I kind of love. But I mean, I love Laura. She's great with her anatomy. Um, and I'm trying to think who else I have to go through. Throw me like a name that I don't know. Like, let me look. Let's elevate. Let's elevate someone who isn't. And this is also the thing. I think as long as we keep giving, you know, attention to the things that make us feel bad, like the people that are the skinniest or that show like the the most skewed version of reality, the super influencers that live the absolute most perfect, ridiculous lives, they get the more, most attention by far. And people who like share, hey, I had a tough day and here's my toast. I'm sitting in my pajamas, like feeling like shit. Anyone who shares real stuff, it doesn't get as high of an engagement. So I think we have a responsibility as people who just follow along to also engage with and highlight people who keep it really real, right? So we have more of them in in our feeds and more of them in our lives, I guess. Yeah, I've definitely gone through and tried to unfollow a lot of anybody that just like, uh, don't, it makes me feel just not good. Just like slightly like, meh then I'm just, why am I following this person? Like, what is the point? Like, I only... I had this girl who I was, I'm not going to say her name, but I was super inspired by in terms of being an entrepreneur and being a mom. And then for for like, for years, for a really long time. And then recently, I just started realizing that every time her photos came up in my feed, I had this little like, I'm not doing a good enough job. Like, it was just like, I started feeling inadequate. And it has nothing to do with her. Like, she's just sharing the same things she's always sharing, but something shifted in me. So... Um, none of this has to, you know, reflects at all on the people we choose to unfollow. It's more about what fills us up right now. And the things that inspired me 10 years ago don't, aren't the same things that inspire me today. So I think it's important that we update our social media feeds as we grow and evolve. And that's yeah. our responsibility now it's to funny because you definitely, you know, moving into motherhood or whatever stage in life you're going through, I think you tend to connect more with people that are going through the same thing. I follow a bunch of like interior design people because I love. Do you follow um, a cactus account? I follow so <laughs> many plant accounts. It is like ridiculous. <laughs> but really, I want to like I want to put some thought into some of the yoga accounts that I'm really inspired by. It, I'm going to put it together a list of people that I really love on there that <clears throat> and share inspire me. Yeah, you should. Because that's fun. Because that's fun. Because that's fun. That's fun. Not that um, anybody listens to me, but... (laughs) Everybody, I feel like people are either going to shit on us for this episode because we're calling people on Instagram out and we're being slightly hypocritical with things, but that's just the nature of of who we are. And people are going to (laughs) be... We're just bitches sometimes. I feel like... You know how like you're a different version of yourself with different people? (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) I bring out the bitches. But I mean, there's no one in my life that I have more fun with, like talking shit, (laughs) than you. So I feel like if we had a podcast that was just you and me talking shit, it would do very well. Um, I love you. Everybody listening, if you enjoyed Jessica's voice on this podcast and we should open or start our our own podcast, uh, (laughs) you should go to her Instagram account. It's called Blue Water Love and you should follow her and... 
throw some cactus <laughs> cactus accounts at uh, her way. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, right now. I don't either. Um, thanks for coming on the show. I can't believe you made me do this. Uh, you, you're like so <laughs> chill. This is not even a big deal. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and a huge thanks to Jessica Taylor, one of my best friends and most reluctant podcast guest ever for an amazing episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com slash listen on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to all my sponsors, TransferWise, Audible.com, Fully.com and LaCroix. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.